No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalm 48, which focuses on Mount Zion in Jerusalem as being the joy of the earth. In the future, it will be the city of the great king. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. When I was learning to drive, my dad taught me that you should always look ahead 500 feet down the road. Then you can see what's happening up ahead and be prepared for it. If you only look directly in front of you, then things can take you by surprise. I have found that to be good advice, not only for driving, but also for living. We should look ahead to the future so that we know what's coming down the pike so that we can be prepared for it. Psalm 48 focuses on Mount Zion in Jerusalem which was known as the city of the great king. It was known by that name in the ancient world, but more importantly, it will be known by that name in the future world. The title, a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah being Levites who were worship leaders in the temple. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is in her palaces. He is known as her refuge. So this begins with a praise. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. You know, that should be a fundamental truth for every living soul. Woe to that foolish person who fails to honor and praise his creator. Now, the history of Mount Zion is that David took it from the Jebusites. It had been their fortress and David made it his headquarters there in Jerusalem. Mount Zion is often synonymous with with Jerusalem, but it is an actual mount that is southwest of the Temple Mount. Now, it was a holy mountain because David took the Ark of the Covenant and brought it there. So what made it holy was the fact that the Lord dwelt there. Beautiful in elevation or beautiful in situation, depending on the translation, The idea here is that there's no other place like it in all of the earth. Why? Because the Lord dwelt there. Now, it was also considered, in a very natural sense, to be an impregnable fortress. It was pretty much impossible to get to on three of the sides. The only sort of vulnerable side was on the north. But it was beautifully situated as a fortress. It is also considered the joy of the whole earth. Again, the reason is because the Lord was there. And God put his name there. He watches Jerusalem. And because his temple ended up being there and his name was there, uh, people would flock there from all over the world. We see in the book of Acts that there was the Ethiopian eunuch who came there from Ethiopia to worship the Lord. And that's the way God intended it to be, a light to the Gentiles, 
shining there from Mount Zion, from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. It would also be known as the city of the great king. And that word king is capitalized in the New King James Version because it was referring to the Messiah, the son of David, who would reign there forever. Of course, God had promised that he would build a house for David and one of his descendants would reign forever on the throne in Jerusalem. It says that God is in her palaces. He is known as her refuge. And this was the beautiful thing for the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They always knew that the Lord was their refuge. As long as they were seeking him, as long as they were keeping his covenant and not going after idols, they had the Lord as their refuge. And you know, that's really the strength of any nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. But where we get into trouble is where we turn away from the Lord and turn away from his commandments and start going our own way. And then we can't really make that claim that the Lord is our refuge. For behold, the kings assembled. They passed by together. They saw it, and so they marveled. They were troubled. They hastened away. Fear took hold of them there, and pain as of a woman in birth pangs, as when you break the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. Now, we don't know what the exact circumstances were that led the sons of Korah to write this. There were many situations where enemies came against Jerusalem, and God was the defense of the people living in Jerusalem. It's like these enemies were coming against God himself because that was the city of God, you know. And so imagine trying to come against God when God was defending his people. It says that they marveled, they were troubled, and then they ran away. They retreated and fear gripped their hearts, understandably so, and pain like a woman in childbirth. It was the same fear and pain as when the Lord broke the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. Again, there's no navy that could stand against the Lord. All God has to do is just sort of give a breath of his nostrils and a great wind comes and smashes the ships. You know, that's the foolishness of coming against God. As we have heard, so we have seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, God will establish it forever, Selah, or pause and think about that. So the Lord established Jerusalem as his city forever, as the city of the great king, the place where the Messiah will rule. And I think that's one of the reasons it is so significant that our president moved the embassy to Jerusalem, recognizing that it has been the ancient capital of Israel and always will be. But also we see here that God establishes the church. You know, Zion is not the place that it once was right now. It's not like that is the place where all of the light of God is coming to the world because the church is now the light of the world. That's what Jesus said to his church. You are the light of the world. We are the temple of God, and we are to bring forth the good news to the world so that people who are searching for God may come to know him through our testimony. But Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's no power of Satan that will overcome his church. Now, sometimes it seems like Satan's getting the upper hand, I will admit. But we must remember that we have been established by God and that God ultimately will triumph over every power of the evil one, and we don't need to be afraid. We have thought, O God, on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple. According to your name, O God, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of your judgments. I like this. It says, we have thought, O God, on your loving kindness. You know, I don't think there's anything better that we can do but just to muse on the goodness of God. I was just doing that this last Saturday, just thinking how much God had blessed us and kept us through this whole pandemic. And I could just point to so many things where the Lord has shown us his loving kindness through it all. But it says here that we've thought on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple. The Lord is in the midst of his temple. And as I said, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And whenever we meet together in the name of Jesus, the Lord is in our midst. Now it says, according to your name, O God, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. God will glorify his name throughout the earth. That's what it says in Habakkuk 2.14. Speaking of the millennial kingdom, when Christ is reigning on the earth, it says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I I can't wait for that time when the earth is filled with the knowledge of God's glory as the waters cover the sea. The psalmist says, your right hand is full of, of righteousness. This is speaking here of the ruling right hand of the Lord. He will rule with righteousness. Now, until that time, we have various rulers. We elect them, and we certainly want to put rulers that stand for righteousness, that stand for faith. But there's not going to be any rule of righteousness totally until Jesus comes again, because he's the only one who is righteous totally. The rest are just sinners, hopefully, saved by grace. So we look forward to that rule of Christ. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of your judgments. You know, when judgment is not being done right, when justice is not being served, it brings grief to the heart. But when judgments are righteously executed, it causes joy. There's something in us that just goes, oh yeah, right on. That needs to happen, you know. And that's going to be what it is like during the millennial kingdom when the judgments coming from Mount Zion by Jesus Christ himself will all be totally righteous. Now walk about Zion and go all around her, count her towers, mark well her bulwarks, Consider her palaces that you may tell it to the generation following. For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. A walkabout, a walkabout Zion. Now, we had a chance to go to Jerusalem for the first time about a year and a half ago, and there's just something about seeing the city of Jerusalem the walls of the old city and just walking around and realizing that 
Jesus Christ is going to come there again and establish his kingdom. He's going to set his feet on the Mount of Olives, split it in two, and establish his rule. And there's just something that grips your heart about that. So it says, go tell it to the next generation. We need to spread these things of God to the next generation so every generation will be worshipers of the Lord. And finally, for this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. The Lord will be our guide forever. Isaiah chapter 2 says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion, shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. You see, that's what's coming down the pike. That's what we need to look forward to and realize that this is the kingdom that we are living for. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that. When Jesus comes to reign, I want to be there reigning with him in this kingdom age. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow we'll see where the psalmist addresses the deception of the riches. They cannot save. You can't take them with you, and the rich person who does not understand will perish. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.